0: Welcome back, Raptors fans, to another episode of Raptors Review. I've got Ben here with
1: me. It's Aaron. Ben, how are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. The World Cup's on. I'm trying not to get distracted. I feel like no one's watching the Raptors these days because everyone's focused on the World Cup. Canada's playing... Not doing super hot, but they're playing. They're participating. <laughs> yes, I know that they scored a goal, which is a monumental achievement for for Canadian soccer,
0: uh, something for the kids to to celebrate. Another reason why no one's watching the Raptors is because Raptors don't play games anymore. They had two games this week, season low, two games. And even when they do play, half the roster isn't available. For the games this week, here's who's missing. Pascal Siakam, of course. Although, good news there. Slated, potentially, to make a return this week. So excited to have him back. Uh, Scotty Barnes didn't play in either game this week. Uh, He has a sore knee. Uh, Delano Banton didn't play. Precious Achua, no update on him since November 10th, which is more than two weeks ago, out indefinitely. I suspect he's going to continue to be out for a long time, if not the whole season. We'll see about that. And also, Delano Banton and Otto Porter Jr. are also out. So, I mean, that, that's a pretty good five-man unit of rotation players for the Raptors. So, continuing to be a bit of a, uh, not not a G League team, but definitely, like, you're playing a lot of Jeff Doughton. You're playing a lot of Wancho Hernangones. You're playing a lot of Malachi Flynn. You know, like, it's, it's a scrap heap team for this Raptors right now.
1: Their depth is being tested, and we did have concerns about their depth, but honestly, I think some of these offseason moves kind of paid off, like re-signing Thaddeus yep. Young. He seems good. like it was a good move. He's had a resurgence. Juancho's given solid minutes. I wish I could say the same about Malachi Flynn, but <laughs> not the most solid minutes from him. Jeff Dowden looks like you know he's young there's something there I, yeah he looks I, like athletically him.
0: athletically you can fit him let's talk about the games real quick here before we do our much anticipated raptors review report card all right so wednesday night the raptors first game of the week played the broken nets uh, at home they lost this one 98 to 112 this game i thought the raptors played great they just they they played a fully healthy Brooklyn Nets team, and it's it's hard to score against that size when you know you have KD Claxton out there plus Ben Simmons, and you just have nothing to do on offense. You know, OG tried a few times to back down KD and just got blocked. I don't know what the Raptors are supposed to do with this roster out there. Freddie didn't play in this game either. He played he played in the Saturday game, but you know it was just. They played hard. They tried hard. They got a lot of offensive rebounds. They turned over the nets a bunch. I thought they played well and they just lost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the first half, they kept the game very close with some hot shooting. Malachi came out of the gate hitting two threes. I was getting so fired up. And then he finished the game three of 12. So didn't do much after that. Yeah. In the second half, they just kind of got blown out of the water. We really saw their lack of depth. And like, Nick Nurse was trying to put out more offensive heavy lineups. Like Malachi Flynn played 30 minutes. Jeff Downton got 20 minutes. I think that's probably a season high for him. Definitely. Uh, But just a tough shooting night from the Raptors. Big guys. Gary Trent has kind of had a miserable start to the season. He's definitely taken a step back from last season on defense as well as the offense. The shot hasn't quite been falling at the same clip we're used to seeing. He was 6 of 19 in this game. And, you know, this would be a game where <laughs> without any of the Raptors' top guys, you're looking at Gary Trent to get some buckets, and he he just wasn't up to the task tonight. And then, you know, the spark plug off the bench, Chris Boucher, also 2 of 15. So not the greatest night from the Raptors shooting-wise, and just going against a really good Nets team when they're fully healthy. Ben Simmons has started to play better. The early season, making fun of Ben Simmons has really died down because he's he's starting to... Fit into his role pretty nicely and getting a lot more comfortable. He's yep. averaging more than 10 points a game now which is, you know, for him that's, that's a big improvement. Yep, yep, absolutely.
0: The Raptors, like they played Raptors basketball like we talked about. They turned over the Nets 19 times. The Raptors only turned over 13 times. They got 23 offensive rebounds holding to the Nets 7. So we're talking about field goals attempted. They got 19 more field goal attempts than the Nets. But we're just talking this it's just a 20. huge yeah there's just a huge difference in quality the Raptors shot 35% from the floor right just because they're they're just puking up shots and i thought you know Malachi Flynn and Gary Trent and OG i mean basically every shot was was a puke fest out there it was it was just a miserable shooting night but it's hard to say just a miserable shooting night when the looks that they were getting were so tough
1: yeah yeah this is just a game where it's a scheduled loss. You're playing with half your roster against a team that's fully healthy. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything to be too worried about with this loss. It's just like, okay, you move on. It's a long season. There's going to be games like this. It's fine. Yeah.
0: And so we move on to Saturday night at home against Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Fred VanVleet did play in this game, which is huge for the Raptors. They pulled this one out 105 to 100. Super close game for most of the game it was within 10 points uh great win for the raptors i'm not sure how repeatable this was the mavericks shot 11 of 39 from three and a lot of those were wide open and (laughs) it's hard it's hard to look at this win as being like oh yeah this is the raptors beat beat the mavericks as much as it is just being a shooting difference game where the raptor or the maverick shooters just missed a lot of shots
1: yeah, in in fairness to the Raptors, the guys that that shot pretty poorly are like Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway Jr. Especially Reggie Bullock and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. They've been pretty miserable shooters this season. Like they they have not. But they
0: they are good shooters though.
1: They they have been good shooters in the past. Yeah. This season, you know, the Raptors are taking advantage of these shooting slumps, and yeah, Dallas didn't <laughs> That's make one them way to pay, foot it Yeah. But. I mean, I think the general the general strategy defensively in this game was relatively sound, just getting the ball out of yeah. Luca's hands because
0: it's certainly the best strategy the Raptors can can put out there is just anyone but Luca.
1: Yeah. But like you see this against teams, I mean, like Dallas, if you get the ball out of Luca's hands, like Spencer Dinwiddie is the only other guy that can create offense on this team. And so if he's not on the floor, like they, they need to stagger Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic's minutes to have someone on the floor that can do something because Jalen Brunson's gone. And it's like Spencer Dinwiddie also isn't, you know, he's not an all-star caliber player. And so this is a team that the Raptors scheming and doubling really works against. Whereas like on the flip side in the Nets game, they held KD to 10 shots. They doubled him every time he had the ball and he turned it over sometimes. But then you can also pass to Kyrie Irving, who had an 11 of 16 night and was super efficient. It's like when you have these other dynamic playmakers, the doubling strategy really doesn't work as well. And in this game, I thought they did a good job at making the Mavericks uncomfortable. And I think the best play to exemplify that was the last play of the game where Dallas was down three. And they double Doncic. He passes to Maxi Kleber, who's wide open at the free throw line. But Maxi Kleber knows that they want a three-point shot on this possession and he just freezes there kicks it out (laughs) and then they swing it to the corner and then maxi Kleba's jumps out back to the three-point line as this guy passes him the ball and thinks he's cutting to the basket and it's just like you're you're forcing these other mavericks guys Mm -hmm. to make plays and that's not their specialty and the, the raptors get an easy turnover and it's like okay you know this that play is like the best example of like why Nick Nurse is doing these defensive schemes and just getting the ball out of the other team's star players' hands.
0: Yeah, the, as much as it, it was the Mavericks missing a bunch of shots, I thought the Raptors did generally win the three on four defensive time when you know they were able to get the ball out of their hands and also recover. And then on the flip side of it, down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Luca basically handed the Raptors about ten points on on cuts and offensive rebounds, where he just wouldn't move, wouldn't box out, <laughs> didn't didn't rotate at all, didn't try to even like slow down the cutter from getting into the paint. Luca, I think, said uh, earlier this week that he's gotten a lot better on defense this year, and people aren't giving him sort of the kudos about sort of how much better he's gotten on defense this year. And then you look at this fourth quarter that he put up, and it's just like most of the Raptors, about half the Raptors offense this quarter was purely just taking advantage of Luka Doncic being extremely lazy. So I, you come away from this being like, OK, I thought Luka didn't look terribly engaged all game. And then also you know, the shooting and all this. And it's like, yeah, without Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes and the host of other Raptors players that are out, the Mavericks are the better team and should win this game. I think the Raptors got lucky to to get the W here.
1: Yeah, I, I think if you play this game 10 times, it's probably I would say like, like 65, 65 35, 70 30, say 80, 80 20, I don't know. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. Like the, this Raptors team, the way OG's been playing, he's been good on both ends of the ball. Mm-hmm. There's been I mean, there's been talk about OG for the All-Star game now. I think that's I think Probably, that's overblown. Yeah. I think that's a slightly overblown, but I think we do need to recognize he's becoming a legitimate offensive player. Like his, it still doesn't look great, and it's not flashy, but he's getting to the rim pretty effectively.
0: <laughs> effectively, I think might be doing a lot of work there it's effectively for this team. If you compare it to like league efficiency and compare it to other players, I would not say it's effective. It's just for this Raptors team that has absolutely nothing in the half court. It's all right.
1: Yeah. But, but compared to last year, I think we saw like one good offensive OG game where he was really like a carry on offense. And this season with Siakam out, he's been doing, he's been putting up like 25 point games On a somewhat regular basis now, like we're kind of getting used to it. Um, He's
0: also taking way more shots. Way more shots. Yeah. Which, you know, and it continues to be the story that anything that's not a dunk or a layup at the rim or a wide open three is just a terrible shot for OG, which is fine. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what OG looks like when the defense is much more focused on Pascal Siakam and the driving lanes open up a bit more. I'm excited to see what he can do with that.
1: Absolutely agreed and the other guy that I think we need to recognize from this game you know Chris Boucher he he's been a monster off the bench yes (laughs) he is everywhere crafting offensive rebounds still drawing fouls at a high clip just like he just seems to find the ball and find a way to get it in the basket, even when it just looks so strange. Yeah. Five
0: Uh, offensive rebounds here, eight against the nets. He was two of 15 against the nets, like Claxton and Durant and Simmons gave him a lot of trouble finishing around the rim. Although he did get to the free throw line eight times in that game, this game, he got up 19 shots, you know, (laughs) five offensive rebounds. Like I said, 22 points. He is, he is just sucking up a lot of possessions with effort and hustle and length and screaming whenever he gets touched—it's it's great.
1: Yeah, it it doesn't look pretty, but he's totally playing up to his contract. I know we both thought oh, he was a little past, overpaid. He's playing yeah. past his
0: contract. Yes,
1: yeah, he's been great. Like we thought he was overpaid coming to the season. No, like the Raptors know what they're doing here, and he—they have unlocked Chris Boucher, and he has been phenomenal. So I hope yeah. to see that continue yeah, going yeah. forward. Phenomenal
0: is strong, but. He's been he's been pretty good as we'll I'm sure talk about more in our in our uh, review here, our grades. Even though he can't shoot threes, people still guard him out there, so the spacing the spacing works. That's the last thing I want to say about Chris Boucher before we move on. Okay. Let's talk about the schedule quickly and then we'll get into our grades here. So Ben, what do we have to look forward to this week?
1: All right. Bouncing back after our slow week, we've got four games slated this week. It's a big one starting off Monday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. If you remember opening night, had a banger of a game against them, hoping for something similar this Monday. And then Wednesday, we're off to New Orleans to play the Pelicans. Aaron, I know you're probably super excited about getting to see Zion face off against the Raptors.
0: Already salivating for this one.
1: I'm excited for Chris Boucher to draw a million charges against him. I can't wait for that matchup. That's oh, going to be. If
0: you, if you think Zion's not just getting instantly double teamed every time he touches the ball, you're incorrect.
1: There, yeah. There's no way he's going to get a shot off this game. Zero shots for Zion. You heard it here first. All right. And then after that great game in New Orleans, hopefully, we're off to Brooklyn for a game on Friday against the Nets. Hopefully, you know, a bounce back there. We're hoping Siakam's back this week, so the Raptors can make that a little bit more competitive. And then we finish it off Saturday, so second night of a back-to-back against Orlando. Kind of feels like a bit of a trap game, like it'll be a long week, and then, you know, the team's like, oh, okay, we can take it easy against Orlando. Hopefully that doesn't happen, because that that is the only game on the schedule here that looks like an easy win. The rest of the week, very competitive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a great test for this team. Hopefully Pascal will be back at some point, but the Cavs have been one of the best teams in the league. So that's going to be a tough one to win. The Pelicans have been pretty good. Zion since he came back from his foot bruise uh, where he missed a week has looked absolutely electric. He's looking better than I've ever seen him look before in terms of how he's moving out there. Teams are double teaming him on site. Uh, Zion is out in full force, which is fun to watch. I'm gonna excited to see what what the Raptors are gonna cook up for him defensively because it's not gonna be single coverage. Let Boucher or OG try to guard him one on one. That's not gonna happen. Uh, Brooklyn's playing well, like we've seen before, and the Magic are interesting because they are Raptors-esque in their size and length out there. It's gonna be a lot of tall people fighting and tipping the ball. So <laughs> the might not be the aesthetic boys. basketball, but uh, hopefully that one will Raptors be able
1: to win because this is this is a tough week it's one of the toughest week I think the Raptors have faced yeah Aaron okay so it's a tough week what do you think the Raptors record is this week how do you think they fare
0: I'm gonna be optimistic and say two and two
1: that's not optimistic that's just like two and two isn't Pascal
0: could miss the whole week still like
1: Mm, it really sounds like he's coming back this week so I'm hoping he's hoping he's back for at least two games. I think they go. I I think they go three and one here. I think they surprise people. Orlando okay. free dub, and then I think they. <laughs>
0: right after you said it's a trap game.
1: <laughs> projecting confidence now. Okay. Uh, it could be a trap game, but no manifesting a Raptors
0: and, four and zero week.
1: Yeah. The Raptors okay. coaching. They don't let the team take nights off. They're gonna. They're gonna find a way to win that game. Could be ugly, but they'll do it. And then. You know, I just think we're, the Raptors are a good team. Their, their players are playing with confidence. Once they get Siakam back, like, I'm just remembering, this team is one of the best teams in the league with Siakam. They, they are truly elite. And so if he returns to form right off the bat, I think they're going to be wiping the floor with New Orleans. They're going to take advantage of the lack of spacing on that team. They'll be doubling Zion all the time. JV, they don't have to guard. <laughs> no, that's going to be a matchup problem for them. But... Uh, <laughs> yeah three and one three and one's my prediction might not be rational but that's what we're going with aaron let's dive into this report card take it away all right so i've just organized this by minutes per
0: game because i think that's sort of the best way to to go through this and we'll cut it off at some point because not going to all 17 players that the raptors have had play for them at some point this season you don't want to evaluate ron harper jr no i don't Although they (laughs) did hit a couple threes against the nets in garbage time so
1: i turned off that game after three quarters so (laughs) yeah
0: i did and i regret it uh all right let's start with the raptors best player this season pascal siakam i'm gonna read out some stats for you then i'm gonna ask for your grade he's averaging 25 points a game nine and a half rebounds almost eight assists Only shooting 34% from three, but shooting 52% from the field. Getting to the line almost eight times a game. Undoubtedly, Siakam's best season. He's taken a huge leap on offense in terms of shot creation for himself and other people. The game looks like it's slowed down for him randomly in his ninth season or whatever. The game has slowed down for him, and he is in control. He's missed the last 10 games for the Raptors. They were five and four with him out there, and then they've been five and five without him. Although, since he's been out, all their advanced stats and point differentials have absolutely collapsed. Uh, so, maybe that five and five record is just a bit fluky and lucky because I think the Raptors' record in close games has been pretty good when he's been out. Uh, <laughs> grade for Pascal Siakam.
1: All right. First off, I'll, I'll, I'll give in a little explanation for like how I'm going to grade these people because. Yep. I'm not going to take injuries into account here. I'm just going to grade them based on their performance on the court in the opportunities that they've had. And so with that being said, I think this is the easiest grade for anyone on the Raptors. It's an A-plus for Siakam. He's blown past everyone's expectations and has been playing. When he's on the court, he's been playing like a top 10 player and the superstar that the Raptors have desperately needed. So I think you can't ask anything else of Siakam Yes, the three-point shot isn't amazing, but it's improved. Like, the 34% is is a solid mark, and it's just dangerous enough that people have to guard him out there. And just if you leave him wide open, he's going to hit at a decent clip. And so I think he's just done everything the team can possibly want on offense while still being a very good defender on the back line. So he's a super versatile defender as well. There's just, like, What else do you want this guy to do? (laughs) You know? So it's an A plus for me.
0: The almost eight assists a game is just jaw dropping. If you had told me that before the season started, I probably just wouldn't have believed you. Uh, so this is this is the easiest A plus there is to give out. Siakam has been absolutely phenomenal. Another thing to note just about the way we're scoring, it's about it's according to our expectations. So a bench player that excels or even just plays makes the rotation like Coloco is going to get a better grade than let's say a veteran who's played more and been more effective but has been worse than we expected so just a note there uh yeah I don't think we need to talk much more about Pascal Siakam because it's just he he's been the Raptors savior it's too bad he's missed the last 10 games can't wait to get him back and get this team rolling again all right next player I'm going to go with Raptors veteran point guard, Fred Van Vliet. Got off to a bit of a slow start, has missed a bunch of games. He's only played 13. He's averaging 19 points, uh, shooting 37% from three on nine attempts per game. Shooting about 37% from the floor as well, not entirely unexpected, uh, getting seven uh, assists per game. Really stepped up the last few games, but just hasn't hasn't played as many games as we would have wanted. He's been Fairly banged up to start the season. Fred is not going to get an A-plus for me. What is he going to get from you?
1: This one's a bit harder. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty torn because I don't think he's played bad. But he set such a high bar early on last season. And then he got hurt. And then he slumped. And this season, he's kind of... He's kind of in a middle zone there where he hasn't been playing poorly but hasn't been playing up to the level that I think he's capable of. So for me he's getting a C+. I think Fred could be taking some more efficient shots, uh like he's still trying to finish around the rim sometimes or taking mid-range jumpers that look a little strange or like really just like forcing things. Um and and maybe this is just like, you know, he's he can't get better looks, and we're, the, the expectations aren't realistic here. But when Siakam was out, he was playing pretty passively, and defensively, he's been really good, I think, still. Uh, like he, he hasn't been a standout poor player on defense like he was at certain points last season. Um, but yeah, just nothing, nothing has really jumped out to me being like Fred's been awesome, and so I, I think... He does get the C plus for me. I don't know. I, d- I don't feel great about Fred right now. I it's I have a hard time giving him a good grade here. And what do you what do you think?
0: Yeah, it's certainly It's not going to be a good grade for me. If if he played like he did last year, he would have gotten a B for me. So I'm going to give him a C. I'm going to knock him a little bit for the amount of games missed, just because it's been a lot of one game off where it feels like they're resting him because he wasn't moving well or wasn't playing well. And so they, you know, wanted to rest him to get him out of his funk a little bit, which is, you know, is that truly a game missed to injury or is that a game missed to like poor play? And they're hoping to get you right, you know? (laughs) So I'm going to not, I'm going to lower him a bit for that just because, you know, I think he's been like healthy. If this was the playoffs, he would have played every game, I believe, uh, of the season. So, You know, I think you got to lose a little bit there, and like you said, it just he hasn't been fully himself. There's been games where he has, it just hasn't been as consistent as you would like, and the Raptors have certainly suffered a bit because of that. So for me, it's a C.
1: Yeah, and and the other part about that's difficult about giving him a grade here is I do feel like he provides a lot of intangibles to this team, like his leadership is top tier by all accounts and you can see it on the floor like he's constantly talking and you know helping out his teammates and communicating and they talk about his leadership abilities and and it's just like but it's hard it's hard to grade that yeah <laughs> you know I, it, it's we can we can only grade and it's like if he's putting the ball in the basket well and like how much does that other stuff affect his teammates I, I think it really it does add something but it, it's hard to put uh to grade on it. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I'm I'm just grading his play specifically, but I think it's important to know that like he is unquestionably the leader of this team. And a huge part of how they play is like he's he's a driving force for this team and like keeping the energy up, keeping them focused and locked in. Yeah. And so and that does really matter, but you know it's that's kind of just a team wide effect and not his specific play. Agreed. Let's
0: move on to the Raptors uh, third best player this season. OG,
1: oh. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs>
0: OG and an OB uh, stats for him. He's uh, pushed his points per game up to 19 points per game. Not terribly efficient. Uh, although he is shooting uh, actually not that great from three, 33%. I thought it was better than that. Uh, I did but, too.
1: That Mark seems strange.
0: Yeah, I think it may have just been a, he's shot poorly the last few games from three, but you know, the shot, the shot looks great in my opinion uh averaging two and a half steals per game which is excellent most of his value is just going to be like amazing on ball defense great help defense uh cleaning stuff up on offense running out you know getting transition buckets driving to the rim when the defense is tilted doing stuff like that uh He's been he's been really good for the Raptors. This is, I think, the season that we were hoping for in terms of he's been healthy. He's had a lot of opportunity to expand his role. In terms of the role expansion, I don't think we've seen any evidence that he, should, when the team is fully healthy, that he should be more than a role player. But he's done that, those role player things excellently, and he's been healthy for the whole season. So uh, I think he's going to get a decent grade. What are you going to give him, Ben?
1: Hmm. So I think OG gets a pretty high grade for me. I'm giving him an A minus. Um, a minus. All right. His defense has been phenomenal. You, all
0: defense level. This is the defensive season yeah. we were hoping for from OG, where he stays healthy and he's just he's locked in, disruptive.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, he's reached his prime on defense. So that that side of the ball, you know, it's an A plus on that side of the ball. And then the question marks are still on offense, where I think though compared to my expectations for him, the thing is, there's a quote from me earlier this season on this podcast writing him on him off as a, more than a role player on offense, and like his future as an all star, you know, I was just like dismissive of that. I don't. I said it was never going to happen, and now I'm second guessing that. As soon as I make that statement, after waiting for years and years, OG has taken some minor little jumps on offense. I wouldn't say it's a leap yet um, because I need to see it more consistently. And I think it will be more efficient with Siakam back. I think he's gotten confidence on offense and I'm much more comfortable with him attacking mismatches now. If he gets a bad defender on him, I think he can just like take them to the bucket so easily. And I have confidence with him finishing on the rim or making the right read and passing it off. It's just... Yeah, can he do anything more than that? Like, can he? Does he have a mid-range game? Does he have any diversity on offense? And right now, the answer is still no. So it's like I'm still feeling pretty safe about him not being an all-star level player. But there's been improvement, and so it's an A minus. I think the offensive side of the ball is like about a B minus, and then with the defense, it's an A plus. And so averaging those out, we give him an A minus. But yeah, I think it's been a really positive OG season.
0: I'm gonna give him a B plus. A little bit lower. I mostly agree with you. I just think the offense has been a lot of volume, and we focus on the makes rather than the efficiency, and the efficiency is not great, especially when you sub out all the nice stuff he does in transition and running out, and once you get to the half court, I think it's overall still been pretty ugly. Um, so I can't give him that as much credit there as you are, but overall I think I, I agree with you. Let's go to the Raptors uh, fourth best player this season. Chris Boucher.
1: (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. We'll talk about
0: Scotty Barnes. We'll talk about Scotty Barnes. Uh, He is. I mean, I wouldn't have disagreed with you. (laughs) Yeah. He has played 16 games, uh, averaging 35 or 34 minutes per game, 15 points, uh, five assists, seven rebounds. I don't really want to get to the shooting numbers, but 35% from 3 47% from the floor uh not below below average uh true shooting percentage or effective field goal percentage. Scotty Barnes hasn't been the Raptors' most disappointing player, but he's
1: certainly up there. Uh Aaron, I, I don't think, think he spoke get... on the field goal percentage. And it's 44%, not 47. Oh, it's, even yes, it's even yes, worse It's even worse than you said. Yeah, bad. For a guy I rather, that yeah. wants to get into the paint, like 47% is not great. 44% is pretty miserable.
0: In a recent podcast, I, I read out some of his points per possession numbers on, on some half-court possession types that were particularly brutal. So I don't know if it's great is going to be as brutal as those, but uh, Ben, what's it going to be?
1: <sighs> it's... It's not going to be good. I'm giving him a C-. And I think I in my mind I was thinking something in the Ds might be appropriate, but it's just yeah, there's still the potential is still there and he's a he's a really young player and so I'm giving him some of the benefit of the doubt on the early season struggles. He's he's trying to broaden his game, right? We're like,
0: grading him on how he's played, not how he might play in the future
1: yes but i'm giving like there's a little bit of a leeway of him being like experimenting and taking shots that he's not normally taken i think for a young guy that's okay where it's like you know a more if chris boucher was taking the same shots he was and breaking them all it's like this guy's 30 years old he has no business doing this scotty barnes is our presumably future superstar we want him to grow and struggle and that's you know it's like i'm giving him a little bit of leeway for that but just it, it hasn't worked at all and he hasn't been getting with the basket effectively defensively we haven't seen a lot of growth from him and i mean we have an email about that later so we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit his defense but it hasn't been good and so just there hasn't been a lot. There's been one or two games where Scotty's really looked promising. And I know he's been struggling on and off with some injury stuff that might be hampering him a little bit. But like we're evaluating how he's played and it hasn't been good.
0: Yeah, I think a C minus is a bit generous. I'm gonna give him a D. Um, I think he the offense has been particularly ugly when Siakam went down, we were like, okay, Scotty, it's your time to shine. And he got even worse. The, the offensive load, he just, you just can't do anything remotely efficient with it. The jump shot doesn't look better than last season. The shooting doesn't look better than last season. The touch around the rim, it seems like last year, maybe he got a lot of lucky rolls because it, (laughs) the ball hasn't been going in around the rim very well for him. And then, yeah, the defense hasn't really improved and it's been pretty inconsistent. So, yeah, very disappointing start to the season from Scotty Barnes. Uh, You know, we've talked about the Raptors' four best players here, and we've had two people that are below our expectations and two people that are above and one of the players that has been way above has played 9 games. So I feel pretty fortunate that the Raptors are 10 and 9 at this point in the season, but uh <laughs> you know, Scotty yeah. Barnes has been uh has been majorly disappointing. Now, he can definitely turn it around, maybe like you're saying, maybe he's banged up. I know he had an ankle injury in the offseason, which so he didn't get to play a ton so he came in a bit rustier, but these feel like you know, pretty minor excuses for majorly terrible play.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's been a concerning, it's a concerning stretch of play for him. Like it's still too early to get, go full on panic mode for Scotty, but you know, it, <laughs> questioning the superstar potential at this point. Yeah. That being said, the there's star. still flashes yeah. of it. So there's like, there's still hope. Yeah. It's not just all misery, but. The
0: things that he has done well, he plays hard all the time. He has good vision and good basketball IQ in terms of making passes and cuts and stuff like that. The stuff in between the ears has been fine. It's the skill stuff. It's the, that, that has been the major issue, right? Like the, the playing hard and the seeing the floor makes sense and works. It's just, it's just all the, like the shooting, the dribbling, the, the shot creation like that, that stuff has been the miserable part.
1: Yeah. And and I think it's important, like, he was projected as a very raw player coming into the league. And I think he, he surpassed, he obviously surpassed expectations last year. But maybe we got a little mm-hmm. too carried away and like development is not linear, right? And maybe not, he needs a couple yeah. seasons of refinement in his offensive game to really get to a point where he's comfortable and efficient and has like go-to moves and can yeah, really usually, attack people. Like he has the tools. It's just Yeah,
0: usually for stars, it's the third year where they really sort of make their mark, but you usually don't want to see your players get worse than in their rookie years, which has, I mean, he got off to a pretty, you know, not great start in his rookie season in terms of like his actual effectiveness, although he shot the ball really well, but the defense was atrocious. So, I don't know. This I don't know if the start for this year has been worse, but uh yeah, not not great. Let's move on to the other Raptors consistent starter, Gary Trent Jr. uh averaging 16 points a game, which doesn't sound terrible, but he's shooting uh 39% from the floor, 30% from three. from True shooting percentage, the lowest amongst uh, sort of the Raptors' regular rotation players, especially starters. Averaging two rebounds a game, one and a half assists per game. Playing 31 minutes a game. This is not going to be a pretty great. What's it going to be from you, Ben?
1: (sighs) I don't think I can quite give him an F. But I'm thinking like a D minus. <laughs> so as close as okay. an F as you All can right. get. Because I still think, like, I think this is just a shooting slum. Like I still think he's a good shooter. Like the threes haven't been falling and he's been taking the right looks from three. and And so like, I think that's going to regress towards the mean and improve a lot because I'm still pretty confident in him as a shooter. Defensively, it hasn't been nearly as good as last year. The, he hasn't been nearly as aggressive, it feels like, on defense, gambling for steals, but then has, like he's still not a good one-on-one defender. And so that kind of, that aggression and jumping into passing lanes that we saw from him was his, like, his big value add on defense because the rest of his defense is mediocre. And so now it just seems like he's mainly just a mediocre defender. And then offensively, the stuff inside the three-point line, he's taking a lot of, high degree of difficulty shots, we'll say, in the mid-range. <laughs> and, you know, he's not passing the ball anymore than he did last season. If he gets the ball, he's looking to take a jumper. And so none of that's really changed. And it feels like he's almost been aggressively trying to get out of the shooting slump and shooting more when he has the ball. And it just hasn't worked. It, like, he's still slumping. And so that that offense has just not been great from him. But he still is a, such an important part of this team because we desperately need that floor spacing and scoring. And so like I think his minutes are still valuable because they do help unlock other players because he still is getting guarded. It's not like teams have just are sagging off and, and letting him shoot now. But just yeah, the results have been pretty miserable. So it's a D minus from me, and how do you feel about him?
0: I'm going to do what you're scared to. I'm going to give him an F plus. Uh,
1: F? No, no. F is just an F. There's no F pluses. Come okay. on.
0: All right. I'll give him an F. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's what you Stick want. To your guns. That's what
0: I'll do. Uh, he has been so miserable. And I'm going to mostly just ignore the shooting slump because I agree with you. I think he's a decent shooter. The shot's not going in. When he's taking open threes... And sort of doing the sidestep threes and stuff like that. Love it. Great. It's just everything else. Like you said, the defense has regressed, the effort hasn't been as high. Nick Nurse has even talked about that in the media about how Gary Trent needs to play harder and get more deflections. And just, you know, the effort hasn't been there. What what really is making the F for me is the offensive decision making. So many times, he's gotten his shot blocked an inexplicable amount of times this season on jumpers because he's just not getting any separation, just forcing it up anyways. Going to the rim in transition, it'll be a two-on-one and he'll just fly into the defender. No move, no finesse, no, not even trying to slow down, not trying to like accelerate past the guy, just runs into them. He does that so many times when he's driving to the basket. He just jumps into someone and hopes to get bailed out by a foul call, and more often than not, he doesn't, and it's just wasting a, a good spot where he's running downhill at a rim on a two on one and ends up, you know, a lot of times getting nothing out of it. And the, just the, the decision-making there's been zero craft to his game. He's, he's like, like he's doing a lot of the same things that he was doing last year, but with, with even less thought and sort of carefulness behind it in terms of looking to, to pass to people. And so he's just been so much worse than last year and that's just completely ignoring the shooting slump that he's been in on uh Raptors 538 or sorry the 538 Raptor rating he is ranked as the second worst raptor player with enough minutes to qualify uh minus 1.4 overall raptor um so yeah he's been he's been really really bad to start the season but you're absolutely right the raptors need him because he's one of the only People that can effectively space the floor on this team. We're talking Freddie. We're talking OG. We're talking Gary Trent Jr. Otto Porter when he plays, but that's about it. So the Raptors can't really afford long term to just get nothing from Gary Trent. That's what he's been doing. Obviously, this isn't a like a motivation issue from Gary Trent because he can opt out of his contract after this season and get get a new fresh payday. The way it's going right now, there's zero chance he's opting out because. The, the salary next year is way more than he would get on the open market if he continues to play like this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit surprising because this this is a pseudo contract year from him. Yep. Like it totally if he played well, he'd be opting out and looking for something in the twenty plus million range per year. Yeah,
0: over like four years. Yeah, four years yeah. eighty million. Like he I, four I years a hundred million
1: even. <laughs> yeah. And it's just not that's not happening right now. So yeah. very concerning from him. Aaron is it time to talk about our Lord and Savior, Chris Boucher? Uh, yes, it is. He has
0: been the Raptors' best bench player. Uh, he's played in 15 games after, I think, getting hurt to, to start the season, averaging 20 minutes a game, uh, getting almost 10 points a game. Uh, Chris Boucher, sorry, 13 points a game. is was looking at the wrong player there. Averaging almost three offensive rebounds per game, which if you look at the games recently, it's been quite a bit higher than that. He's only shooting 30% from three, but his his value is really in just the effort he puts out there, how much he makes the other teams have to crash the defensive boards and just just playing hard all the time. He's been he's been a bit of a nuisance. So Ben, I think you're gonna get a positive grade on Boucher here. How positive is it gonna be?
1: Oh, it's it's a very positive grade. Boucher's getting an A for me, an a, not quite right. A plus level. Because if he was shooting thirty five percent from three, he'd be getting an A plus. But because he can't quite do that force spacing, still, it's it's just an A. But I mean, it's a great A. Like defensively, he's been really good. He, they don't play him as a center anymore, which is nice because uh, it's he can't he gets bodied by those big men, but they, he just. Mm-hmm. He's a roamer on defense and he's provides a lot of value as just like closing out on threes. The other night he had this ridiculous closeout. I think it was on a Kevin Durant three. Yeah, he
0: blocked Kevin Durant's three, yeah. which
1: is, well, that like happens once a season, yeah. And as like Kevin Durant was gathering, Boucher was it felt like he was like 10 steps away from him and just closed out so fast, blocked the three. I was just like I had to go back and rewind. I was like, "Wait a second, did that just happen?" <laughs> um so you know he's still blocking three pointers and then offensively he's cutting he's just hunting offensive rebounds he's doing all these little things that are just really valuable and scrappy and are just a huge part of the Raptors identity and so love the way Chris Boucher is playing and nothing but good things to say
0: yep I I think for the first time agree with your grade it's gonna get an (laughs) an A for me as well uh yeah He's been, he's been really effective this season. Everything the Raptors have wanted and more. Um, all right, now let's start flying through these because there's a lot of players left and not that many players that have, A, played a lot of games and a lot of minutes for this team. So let's start with the big sneeze, Precious Achua.
1: This one's tough. This one's yeah. tough. I guess he's I'll played, like run, through, run through the stuff.
0: He's played 12 games, you know, averaging 20 minutes you know, rough shooting to start the season. Like he's shooting under That's 20% from three. <laughs> um, yeah. He started off the season in a shooting slump, just like a, a few of the Raptors have, but he got hurt right when he started to play better. I almost want to give him an incomplete just because like he hasn't played enough minutes to, to do much, but that would be taking the easy way out. So I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a C minus and i think that's just because i was so high on him to start the season and he he, he had a rough start so um yeah i got to give him a c minus just cuz he was so much worse than i expected even though he was improving lately so i still believe in precious Achua. it's just you know the, the injury really sucks for him
1: yeah i think i think i have to give him a d for his on court product defensively though he was still good like yeah he was fine fine. it's just we're 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 so concerned about the offensive end because that's really where we we really need these raptors role players to start playing better um they're all all good on defense but just it it was really ugly like he Mm -hmm. missing all his threes still not finishing well around the rim and just he was trying to do more and I don't. Know. Yeah, it it feels like it's incomplete. Like it's hard to evaluate him because he didn't. There was some games where he was barely playing. Uh, I don't think Nick Nurse was happy with what he was seeing on the offensive end from him, and so we we just don't have a huge sample size from Precious yet to really fully know what the offense is going to be like this season. But early returns were pretty brutal, and so like, yeah let let's we'll wait to be too hard on him until later on in the season if he keeps playing like this but
0: yeah if we're writing these other ones in marker we're writing this one in pencil just because you know the yeah. minutes haven't really been there um auto porter jr next player here uh averaging 18 minutes a game but it's only played eight games for the raptors you know averaging five points a game the stats aren't really anything that's not where he contributes is in the box score uh yeah i think the stats for these guys are no longer relevant <laughs> yeah i'll just stop reading them all together Junior. yeah how has he looked for you what, what's his grade gonna be
1: i think he gets a b minus for me and so below b-
0: expectations
1: i feel like a b minus is right around expectations like c okay. plus b minus is kind of like you know
0: okay i would have b not- as my expectation but yeah
1: oh okay yeah, for me, it's like if you're just just meeting expectations, this feels like this kind of what he is for me. He he hasn't done anything amazing, but he he's fulfilling the role that we wanted for him. He's a smart player. He was playing solid defense, shooting threes when he was open, Um, wasn't providing much more than that. He would take a mid range jumper every now and then that seemed to go in at a decent clip Um, when he was open. But, you know, he, he's doing his job. He's a, he's a solid vet but he hasn't played enough. Like he he's been had some injury issues and stuff. So he's really a guy similar to Thaddeus Young that, you know, we want them healthy in the playoffs and they're old and let's take care of their bodies. But
0: all right. I think this is probably the one we, we diverge on the most here. I'm going to give him a B plus. I think he's looked better than I anticipated, especially in how well he's moved around and yeah, I'm going to have to give him B. He's been better than I expected. Apologies for my dog playing with the squeaky toy in the background. But uh, <laughs> I'm all about her having fun. So, uh, yeah, B for me, I can't wait to see what he looks like because he basically hasn't overlapped at all with Pascal Siakam. I don't think they've played a game together. Uh, so I think he's going to look really amazing when all they need him to be is a spot up shooter and I could even see him potentially closing some games for the Raptors but he needs to get healthy and then also the rest of the Raptors need to get healthy for that to happen it's too bad that I think he's only played when they've needed much more for him than he
1: can give but in, in those minutes I thought he's looked good yeah no that's fair I just maybe my expectations were slightly higher than yours but sure, yeah I think maybe. he's he's been solid anyways all right that is young Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young started off the season really poorly. He looked slow and lethargic, not quite ready for the start of the season. But since then, he's been awesome. He's now getting. He's going to get an A minus from me because the last stretch of play has been superb from him. He's passing the ball really well. He's given given them a bit of juice on offense. Like he's taking shots around the rim. He's been more aggressive in that regards. And like they need players that are willing to take shots and he's been finishing pretty solidly. So love the way he's been playing on defense as well. Yeah. It's an a minus for me. Good job. Thaddeus.
0: Yeah. A minus feels fair here. Uh, Limited in what he can do, but doing what he does quite well. Uh, I think the first few games that he played uh, has been, you know, were, we're pretty bad, but then recently he's, he's come on a lot more and he's been like actually a pretty heavy minutes. guy. He started six games for this team. So, you know, yeah. daddy yeah, thing has been fine. Uh, let's right. move on to Juancho Hernan Gomez, AKA Bo Cruz. He's gotten a decent amount of minutes for this team. I think more than we expected coming into the season, just because, you know, I think we signed him as like the 12th man, but the Raptors have been supremely injured like so he's gone, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's so yeah. Well, he's played a lot for this team, so I think we we've, we've seen a fair amount of him. I feel like the great has to be positive just because he's playing at all. So what's it going to be for you, Ben?
1: Yeah, Juancho gets a B plus for me. He, you know, he hasn't done anything superb, but solid defense, taking open threes and making some nice cuts to the basket and just, he's, he's been a serviceable role player. I do think he probably doesn't have a role when everyone's healthy. He's probably Ah, like 10th, 11th guy. Yeah. On my side. I'm coming around to that. It's like, we have a lot of good players, but as soon as someone's hurt, it's like, you're not stressed about putting Juancho into the rotation. He's not going to do anything dumb. And so I, I feel good about his minutes when he's out there, which is you know for a guy that barely made the team, that's really positive. So absolutely,
0: yep. Uh, one of the better sort of minimum scrappy pickups for the Raptors over the last you know few years. A lot of times those guys can't play at all, or are pretty destructive when they do play. Like Stanley Johnson. And Wancho Wancho comes in and he, he plays his role to a T moves the ball tries hard in defense you know can kind of shoot a little bit um so yeah no complaints about him I don't know I don't forget what you gave him already but he's gonna get an A from me you got a B plus for me okay okay yeah yeah my That's expectations reasonable. were very low all right let's talk about a guy that I think probably should have talked about already just based on sort of how important he's been for this team and especially going forward, how he fits into this team. Christian Coloco, the Raptors rookie. Uh, The stats here are not not that much to write home about, so I'm just not going to go through them. Uh, He's only averaging a block and a half per game, which feels low for him. But
1: uh, yeah, I mean, the minutes Uh, played, 17 minutes. So like if he was was playing starter levels, he'd be getting like almost three blocks. He started
0: nine games for this team. You know, had some really good games, had some really bad games. You know, very rookie-like in that. Uh, what's your grade going to be for Christian Coloco?
1: If we'd done this 10 games ago, it would be yeah. an A+. Yeah. But the stocks have been crashing for Christian Coloco. <laughs> I think teams have realized how easy it is to foul bait him. He got into this the most recent game against the Dallas Mavericks. Played about a minute. And then had fouled Luka Doncic three times in that minute and got pulled. And I don't think he saw the court again. Uh, like it, the, the savvy players just know how to get contact and he is giving them contact. On He's more court. than
0: willing to do that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so the foul issues are, are a real problem for him right now. And it's it's tough to see him getting consistent minutes until that's fixed but like there, there's some really promising tools there. And if he gets a little bit more savvy on defense, learns how to guard a little bit better, like he's really mobile. The shot blocking instincts are awesome. I, I I like the potential. Uh, just, he's been basically out of the rotation with, with people being injured a lot. Like it's, that's not a promising sign for the rest of the season. I think he might go down to the G League at some point this season to just get more reps and opportunity to figure things out and get up to the speed with the, this level of athlete. Um, but yeah, so I, I give him probably, well, I mean, like my expectations were really low. So I think just the flashes of opportunity, it gives him a B for me. Um, but like we're seeing also huge concerns.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a B because, like, I mean, and when we were doing the season preview, you had to remind me to even bring him up because I thought he was just gonna be a G League guy, fringe guy for this team, and then he had a, came coming up gangbusters, had a couple great games. Then you're right, absolutely. The league scouted him and it was like, "Oh, this is how you take advantage of this guy." And he's he's basically unplayable now. Uh, there is like a fringe role for him, as if there is, you know, if you need a shot blocker or some length out there. But right now, he's just unplayable because teams just just attack him and he just fouls the shit out of everyone all the time uh so just the fact that he's played at all is what gets the beef for me you're absolutely right that the you can see why he was drafted you know the the athleticism the length the shot blocking institute the instincts like you're talking about but then on offense he's an absolute zero he can't do anything yeah um so i think in some ways, his good start to the season may end up pampering him long term because I think if he had just not played to start the season, he'd already be in the G League getting minutes there. Whereas now he's sort of seen as being like one of the backup centers and plays a little bit and not enough to like work on his development because most of the time when he's playing, he's just getting schooled and you know yeah. you, you kind of want to give him space to work through those mistakes and get the feel because I think the The potential is there once he figures out what he can and can't do. When he tries to do less, when he's just trying to stay vertical, not trying to block every shot, not trying to foul, you can, he's really disruptive just because of how long and athletic he is. But then that just isn't that mentality isn't there right now. So, yeah,
1: yeah. and and I think as soon as the Raptors get more healthy, he's going to get down to the G League. I I, think, I certainly um, hope so. Yeah, he's an emergency substitution, but
0: yeah, yeah. He's an interesting prospect for the Raptors. That's what I would say at this point. He's an interesting prospect. Yeah. All right, Ben. We right, um, got two more guys to talk about really quickly. I'd say
1: three. I'd say let's let's throw Jeff Doughton into the mix here. We got three Absolutely guards. Absolutely not. I refuse. Okay. Uh, right, fine, <laughs> fine. I won't die on that hill. <laughs> yes. Malachi
0: Flynn. Uh, let's I am talk dying on that hill. <laughs> yes, you and, are. you definitely, definitely am dying.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're definitely dying.
0: Uh, Malachi Flynn has played in 12 games this season, uh, averaging 13 minutes. What have you seen from Malachi Flynn? What's the grade going to be for you? I think we're going to just wildly diverge on
1: this no matter what happens. So Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to focus on the fact that he's shooting 48.5% from three-point land. Absolute sniper out there. They need to be feeding him the ball more. Get him all the shots. They need to leverage this elite three-point shooting ability. He is the sell
0: no. for the Raptors' half-court offense, isn't he?
1: Yeah, <laughs> just give Malachi the ball. No, we've we've seen some serious struggles from Malachi, and I'm I'm pretty skeptical that it's ever gonna click for him now. Like the offensive opportunities that he's had, he'll dribble the living crap out of the ball and just not and do, do anything with it. And it's just like I think physically he doesn't have quite enough juice or bounce to get to the rim and finish there. He's just a bit too small and unathletic. And then he doesn't have the savvy ball handling that Fred does to like actually consistently get by. And he's and he's not a great passer either. And so it's like he really needs to be a scorer to be an effective offensive player. And the shooting is is solid, but it, it's only on like spot up takes. It's he can't do much if someone's guarding him just because he doesn't have the juice to get by them and get separation for shots. And so and then on defense it's been pretty miserable like he he the raptor scheme is for big guys to switch on everything and then when he gets switched onto someone under the basket he can't do anything to stop them obviously and he doesn't have that core strength that fred does or like the hands that fred does to really like be an effective interior defender a lot of times as soon as fred's man gets the ball into the basket he's swiping and grabbing the ball and the raptors he can't, he's not doing any yeah. of that Fred and so, Kyle have just been elite at sort of not getting back down yeah. the post,
0: stripping the ball around the rim. They've been really good at that. Kyle taking charges and, you know, Malachi just can't can't do those things.
1: And I keep comparing him to Fred because physically they're not that dissimilar. But but Fred has really like cracked the code on how to be effective. At Fred that has size. like 20
0: pounds on him, too. Right.
1: Yeah. That's fair. But yeah, like defensively Malachi has not been a presence and then offensively he's just it doesn't seem like he's quite NBA caliber. You know, I think if you put him down to the G League, he's, he's going to light it up. Yeah. yeah, like he he has lots of skill. It's just it doesn't quite work at the NBA level. And so for me, he gets a D because I was hoping for something from him and I, and now I'm pretty skeptical that we're ever going to see him be a really effective NBA guard.
0: This is the most reasonable, sane Malachi Flynn take I've ever heard of you, Ben. Uh, I've, I've seen the light, Aaron. He's going to get the B from me just because that's, I was already there oh for him. God. So it's just <laughs> like this has been according to expectations for me. So uh... like I don't I don't think he's an NBA player. Uh, so he's going to get a B because he's not been an NBA player. Uh Delano Banton, the last guy we're going to talk about here. Toronto native, uh, he's played in fifteen games. He's been hurt recently. He's started two games. Had a one really good game against Detroit. Uh, what and are we going to go say for the about the next game? Yeah, yeah. What are we going to say about Delano Banton this season?
1: That's yeah. It, it feels like. <sighs> I want to give him an incomplete because we saw these flashes of something really promising in this larger role. And then, and then he got hurt. And I mean, he wasn't having a great game when he got hurt, but I I'm giving him a C for the course of play because I think it's just that, that one game of being great isn't enough. Um, Actually, no, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm raising that up to a B minus. I just remember the shot looks actually somewhat promising. I, there's been a lot of development in his jump shot. It's
0: the it the looked, release has been sped up quite a bit.
1: Yeah, exactly. So as a spot up shooter, he looks a lot more confident out there. And the footwork, like he's getting solid verticality on his shot. And he looks like stable and consistent. And so th- that's really promising for him because defensively he does not have the same concerns Malachi does he he's a really solid defender he could use a bit more strength but he's rangy he's quick and then on offense he's a he's a pretty solid passer he can get to the rim if he has a shot yeah yeah, sometimes if he has a shot it's going to unlock that a bit more for him as well and like he might end up being an okay offensive player I don't think he's ever going to be a star but more promising and so B-minus from Delano ben I still think like, there's potential for a future here.
0: Agreed. I'm going to go with, I think, a C, just because I thought he would be better this season. And a lot of the Raptors' best lineups, like his plus-minus, has been atrocious. And generally, the one he's been on the floor, he, like the Raptors have suffered. He's been a big problem with their bench. And I was hoping that that would kind of be fixed a little bit and the Raptors bench has looked a lot better in the last five games that he's been out or whatnot so maybe there's some stuff I'm not seeing there on defense and offense people the shot looks better I'll agree with you there definitely some development there but teams also don't respect him at all from three and leave him wide open and he hasn't been able to really punish that yet so I'm going to give him I think I said a C just because He's been worse than expected, but absolutely, there's no reason to stop playing him or give up on him. The flashes are there. There's, you know, the shooting. If that comes along a little bit, he's definitely a rotation player in the league. The defense, when as he gets more experienced, will be better. There, he plays hard. He's got the sort of the a reasonable amount of quickness and elite length for a guard. So, no reason to give up on him. But certainly, you could definitely see going down the season, if the Raptors are fully healthy, where he's just out of the rotation as well.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. He He's very much a fringe player here. Um, okay. And, I mean, I think, okay, we're not going to talk about Kem Birch, but Kem Birch has been an F this season for me. He's barely <laughs> been able to make the floor, and which, you know, last season he had much more of a role, and this season it, it just seems like, his career is winding down. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, the injuries have caught up to him. I think he he's when he played like when he plays, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, but he also just can't really do anything. When he gets the he's got the ball in the lane a couple of times for easy dunks, and he can barely dunk the ball. Uh, you know, yeah. The athleticism is is leaving him. And when you're a small center, it's it's tough to be a small center and unathletic. So, yeah, yeah, tough to see him playing a significant role for any team in the NBA going forward. Absolutely. All right, Ben, we have some emails to get to for these 10 and 9 Raptors. Why don't you take the first one and I'll take the second.
1: Sounds good. All right. Two emails from one person. We need to start sending quotas on how many emails people can send in. No, just kidding. Uh both emails this week are from Nathan. Thanks for sending these in, Nathan. The first one here is we are a quarter through Scotty's second season, and despite being projected as a defensive specialist, Scotty is still a negative defender. Is it too early to be worried about his future on defense? If not, at what point should we start sweating when we think about Scotty's value to the team? All right. Aaron, Scotty's defense. Do you think do you think this is a real thing? Like do are do we need to be worried about Scotty's defense? Or is this just no. being a young player?
0: I don't think we need to be worried about it. The things that he struggles with is consistency and I think just playing too aggressive at times and there's possessions where he is absolutely elite on defense. He's got huge size. Like one of the things that Scotty does, he barely ever fouls. When he was a rookie, he fouled a lot. This year he he basically never fouls, which is fantastic because he plays a pretty physical style of defense. He still gets blown by on the perimeter, but I think that's something that he can Help just by using his length a bit more to stay a bit more off of guys. And then he'll be able to trail them and use his length to, to bother shots or passes. And we've seen him do a better job of that this season. His activity is elite. You know, his effort is elite. He can, he can really read plays on defense. It's just right now he needs to improve that a little bit. Cause he, I think he gambles and gets caught off guard by what, what happens sometimes out there. Like he misreads the play. But the fact that he's diagnosing a lot of these plays, I think is really encouraging. And I would also disagree that he's a negative defender. I think he's just not as good as he should be on defense yet, but I would just, I disagree that he's a negative defender. He plays hard. He's smart and he doesn't foul a lot and he's most of the time in position. So I think he's a plus on defense, just
1: not a very big one. Okay. That feels more generous than I was going to go with. I think defensively there's there's a lot of inconsistency there's yeah, plays absolutely. where he is in the right position and and now i'm talking about like off ball defense there, there's definitely plays where he falls asleep and loses his guy on a cut or like forgets yeah. to box out that kind of thing like there there is a lack of consistency there but i think part of that is just being young and you know not always being as dialed in as he should be and but I think it's it's not really an effort thing. I think it's just his brain. Like, he'll get distracted by, like, watching the play and then forgets yeah. about that he has a job to do and his guy is there. Um, but, yeah, I'm not super worried about that long-term. And it does feel like as soon as he... So, I think there's two options for his on-ball defense. Like, if he does get somehow really, like, gets a bit faster, more agile, his, like, pressure that he puts on the ball could become very dangerous, like, for the opposing team. Like he could be this elite on ball defender, but right now it feels like he's in in a situation where he's just over aggressive. He's trying to put too much pressure on going for the home run steal and like really testing ball handlers, but then they blow by him and it's like, okay, you could be 10 feet off this guy and you still have the length and quickness to close out. And if they, they go for a shot, but he's, he's choosing this much more aggressive style and
0: maybe it pays off in
1: the long run. But, I wonder
0: how much of that is scheme versus like what they're telling Scotty to do versus what he could be doing because I think a lot of it is also that's what they're telling him to do because they do that with a lot of their defenders. Uh,
1: but so I, I, for him, it's the one that I see the most aggressively. Yeah. I think but like, I think
0: they want him to be playing that way,
1: but I think that's how he wants to play as I well. Think like, both, yeah, I, yeah, I think they're both okay with it, but in the long run. I I, I think he would benefit from
0: dialing back the aggression on defense. Yeah. 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 Um, so So, should you be worried about it in the long term? Ben and I are agreed. No. Um, is it time to start sweating when we think about Scotty's value to the team? Yes. But that's because of offense, what, what we've talked about already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed.
0: All right. Next email from Nathan It may be a bit early to talk about all stars for this season. It's not, it's never too early. Uh, However, so many players have been not only good, but great this season. They're going to be great and, more importantly, exciting young players who don't get any accolades this season, which made me think about the All-Star Game format changes. Would you guys be in favor of changing the All-Star Game to be four teams of eight to ten players, similar to the Rising Star uh, Stars games from last year, and then play, let's say, first to 76 points in a small bracket? you know, And then if there are more All-Star possibilities, like every team having an All-Star, which might help uh, get some more young, exciting players into the games. What do we think about that format change? to The All Star, more All Stars, split up the teams, uh, so it's you know four teams instead of two.
1: So this is interesting to me. Uh, this is this would be a huge change to All Star Weekend. You you could have a you'd have a tournament which potentially would go over multiple days here, four teams. If eight to 10 players are on these teams, I'd probably be in favor of eight players per team if you're just doing shorter games. Let's say, like, I think you could even go to just 50 points or something like that. Um, Then you have 30 plus players in the all star game. All of a sudden, this is really diluting what it means to be an all star. And there's going to be years where you're getting some like right now we have great on court product and like great players and maybe there's 30 players that you can that you want to see in the All Star game but every year there's going to be five to ten of these players that are injured and <laughs> then you're you're getting more Sabonis you're going to get Jakob Pertl in the All Star game Bang, yeah <laughs> yeah and all of a sudden it's also Like, do you want to see more all-star action? Like these games that they play on all-star weekend are not good. And so it's like, is this, what are the incentives going to be for competitiveness? Because if you're doing this tournament, like why do any of these players care about the tournament? And like, they're just playing for fun. And if there's no stakes, it's like, none of this matters at all. And so you're just getting more garbage content essentially with more players. And at the end of the day, I, I don't think that solves the issue with All Star Weekend is that just the actual on-court product sucks. Um, no one actually cares about it. And all anyone, at least from my perspective as a fan, all I care about is getting voted to the All Star game. No one actually cares about how Pascal Siakam plays in the All Star game, right? Like, you just want to see him get that accolade. And so I would be fine with them totally just scrapping the game completely. Like, you don't need to play this. <laughs> like, just give the players a rest. Like, just do random, like the fun things, like the three-point contest, the dunk contest, if they did it better, would be good. But, like, you don't even need to play an actual game. Do something else. Play one-on-one. Like, I have a one-on-one tournament. That would be fun, actually. I don't think players would try on that either. So,
0: I think NBA players, whenever they're not giving a huge amount of effort, it's just not great to watch, uh, personally. That's just how I feel. So, I largely agree with you. Um I do think Nathan is onto something here. Where if you do have the All Star game, and you do have these games, I think the young players tend to care more than the vets about you know getting out there and and you know showing off and
1: you know you're telling me you don't want to see thing? John Morant versus Zion in a one on one game? No, because I don't think they would try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm... what
0: are you going to play? Do like fifty? Because <laughs> neither of them are going to be able to stop each other. Yeah, um, so. <laughs> Yeah, I I get what Nathan is saying in that it sucks when the vets just don't try in the all-star game and kind of ruin it, but it just sucks anyways. So I don't really see a problem here that's worth fixing. And historically, you know, the the league is at an all-time high of talent. Like, if we look back 15 years ago, there was like five people that you're like, that guy made an all-star team, right? And then now it's more like one or two per season where it's, you know, you have these Eastern Conference all-stars. So I get what you're saying in terms of, you know, the because of the increase in talent, the, making the all-star team is harder than ever. But I think it was just too big to begin with. And now we're getting to kind of the right spot where you really have to be, pretty exceptional to make an all-star team like that, you know, that Fred Van Vliet last season made an all-star team. He had an incredible first half and, you know, I think deserved to make it, but also like, that's going to be his, his career achievement. The, the height of his sort of accolades is making the all-star game. I don't know if he like, if he should, in terms of like his talent, but I think we're, we're certainly getting closer to sort of the number of all-star spots and the number of players
1: deserving of them matching up. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Aaron, do you think the Raptors have one, two, three All Stars this year? How many? How many do you think we get?
0: I think we have one with Pascal Siakam.
1: I'm, you know, there's potential for OG. Anyways, that'll be the topic for next week's podcast. Will OG make the All Star team? Um, The title writes itself. Yeah, the title so compelling anyways <laughs> that is it for our emails this week aaron any final little items you need to go over oh scheduling item i just remembered as i'm talking there's a potential that we might be off next week i am going to be away for the weekend so aaron is hunting down a potential guest host we'll see we'll see if that materializes there's a chance we're back in two weeks and in that case directors we'll
0: to... go on four. it's certainly going to be two weeks
1: <laughs> all right you heard it here first really depends on how excited Aaron is for this Raptors week yeah. He might be doing a solo oh, podcast
0: the, the, the we'll podcast see. quality might go way up if it's 0 four, just because apparently <laughs> we're much better when we're sad and depressed
1: yeah you know what Aaron I think you have to do one solo next week if the Raptors are owned four, and just I want to hear tears crying into the mic anguished sobs yeah okay but that does it for us this week If you'd like to send us an email, send us one at raptorsreviewmail at gmail.com. That's raptorsreviewmail at gmail.com. As you've seen this week, you can send more than one if you'd like. If you're feeling inspired, send us 10. You know, we'll read them. But thanks so much for listening. As always, bye-bye. Have a good week.